Barum is relationships. Barum is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about? The room is different cookie cutter、mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to the Room Minute, the podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room, one minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh hi, Mark. Oh hi, listeners. We're here to talk about minute eighty-three of the room in which Lisa speaks her truth. Stephen <laughs> is hyperbolic, and Michelle takes a moment to get on her high horse. Stephen is definitely something. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh hi, Eddie. Oh hi. Yeah.、Uh, Lisa starts this minute with "There is no baby." Dun dun dun. <laughs> that's, that's what I wrote. <laughs> My first note. Yes, it is. It is that kind of. Soap opera moment. It was such a great first line, though. Just there is no baby because I I thought there was no baby, and then I was like, have I been tricked? Has the room got to me that badly that I forgot? I'm just like making up in my head. No, it got so bad that it introduces a baby <laughs> and then gets rid of it in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> that's why this scene doesn't exist in my version. Ah, that makes so much sense. They don't go on the rooftop, which unfortunately <laughs> means we won't get you know Stephen's best line. But who needs Stephen? You mentioned last episode you um you went to a screening、yeah. of the room. Me and Ollie, when we were in Edinburgh back in two thousand and thirteen, we saw the room, the musical, which was they'd been sued by Tommy Wiseau like several times, but they just kept doing the show because it made us money. And it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> like the person playing Johnny was just called Tommy,、mm-hmm. like he didn't he didn't care. Uh, and he did a great impression, and then during the end of the musical, he did his big operatic song, and it was wonderful. And we had we had spoons to throw at them all the time.、Nice. And people would just come in and be like, "I'm here now." <laughs> that's that's what you do. You just enter the scene. Yeah, it was great, and everyone would be like, "Oh hi!" And then everyone, everyone would shout, "Oh hi!" And then a song would start playing, and oh. <laughs> It's just wonderful. Does do they have the actor who plays Peter? Do they play <laughs> Stephen also, or do they have two different people? They had they had a couple of people playing the same people. Like I, I think Michelle was played by Claudette, and she went, "God, remember that woman we saw earlier? How young and handsome she was!" And it's really funny. <laughs> and then every other line, she went, "By the way, I have breast cancer." Oh, God, it was so good. <laughs> oh, that's the one thing I was talking last time about re-editing the movie. I really want to move the breast cancer scene earlier, but、mm. I haven't figured out where to put it. Oh, because we talked before about it—the whole movie being like an existential crisis for Lisa. She finds out her mother's dying and rethinks her life choices. You know? Yeah. But I don't know where it could fit. <laughs> it's re- it's actually oddly hard to move around her scenes with her mother. I wanted to cut two of them together, but then the costumes could be really distracting.、Uh, I mean, in the room, it's, it shouldn't matter too much. It might be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe just stick their dialogue over reaction shots or something. The Room the Musical does have a website. It is just theroommusical.co.uk.、Oh. It's a bit out of date now. Like they've still got some shows listed, but they're two thousand fifteen, two thousand eighteen. But you should be able to find some links and some YouTube stuff on there. It's just yeah, I recommend that. It's wonderful. It's it's by Two Spoons Productions as well. So it's a nice little nod. There are sections of it on YouTube. It doesn't look like the whole thing is.、Mm. Yeah, listen to as much as you can because it's wonderful. Well, they'd get in; they'd probably get in trouble on YouTube because yeah, even threats from Tommy might be a problem on there. Yeah, they were definitely threatened. <laughs> they told they told the audience they were threatened before. I don't think we've mentioned this since like the first week of this show, maybe even the pilot. One of my folders in Dropbox for this show is 
some of the court documents from when he sued the documentary Room Full of Spoons. Mm. Just in case we had him threatening to sue us, be like, well, here's the thing, though. You lost that, and yeah. <laughs> you had a better case there. I really hope that film gets released at some point. Yes. I really want to see it. Like, I was really uh -huh. disappointed by The Disaster Artist, because it just felt like... Well, I could just watch the film, mm -hmm. which is much funnier. Yeah. But. I mean, I guess it introduced people to this that hadn't seen this, mm. which is something. Yeah. But I don't know. I, it, it just didn't get me like I really hoped it would. But I know the documentary would be like exactly what I want to see. Yeah. The, the book, The Disaster Artist, was really good. Yeah. I need to read it again. There's, there's so much backstory and so much more about like that. The movie does okay with the relationship between Tommy and Greg. Yeah. But the book does it even more. Yeah. Makes you feel sorry for Tommy. I did, yeah. Because, like, he just comes across as a bit of a dick in the film. Yeah. And he wasn't the nicest guy in the book. Like, Greg made it clear he was a strange man. Right. But it was it was less that he was a dick and more that he just didn't know how to behave as a person. Exactly, yeah. I think I read that book in Edinburgh, actually. Just thinking about it. But yeah, it's such a good book. I had to buy it after we finished recording, I think. Get it again. Yeah, so good. And you get a great life story of Tommy, which is semi-fictional, that Greg invented, <laughs> or didn't invent, but didn't want to claim it was true. He's just mental. Interesting stuff. Anyway, there's no baby. There is no baby. So Stephen and Michelle say, what? 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 Oh, they're <laughs> shocked. And Stephen gets to speak. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Yeah. And then he starts grabbing Lisa. Yes. He <laughs> puts his hand on Lisa and keeps it there as they move to sit down. And it's weird. Yeah. Because I'm watching the, the minute again as I'm going through it. And he's just, he's staring at her the entire time as well. Yeah. Like leering. And it's just like, I can see why he made people young. Oh, God, God. And this shot, when it's him and Michelle, he looks a bit mm -hmm. like Steve Irwin. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> he's a chameleon. He looks like whoever he wants to. <laughs> Oh, he's a strange man. Then Lisa becomes even worse of a character than she has been the whole time. <laughs> I told him that to make it interesting. We're probably going to have a baby eventually anyway. <laughs> yeah, duh. I guess she doesn't know how long pregnancy happens. No. You're not, not going to tell, tell Johnny, Johnny, are you? I like how she says that last part, though, because it sounds like she means it. Yeah. Like, she's really worried. But what I'm confused about is she doesn't want to be with Johnny. Right. But she's like, we're going to have a kid, though, aren't we? Right. Oh, duh. And it's like, oh, so which is it? <laughs> like, does she want to have a kid so he can basically pay for everything, give her stuff? I don't know. That probably could be explored in a better film. Well, that is what her mother has suggested, sort of. Men and women use and abuse each other all the time. There's nothing wrong with it. Marriage has nothing to do with love. Johnny is your financial security. You can't afford to ignore this. Don't throw your life away just because you don't love him. That's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Is it yeah. get married and then do things? Ah, feminism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we could call it that. Or in this film, misogyny. It's, it's his version of what women are. It's just, it's so weird and so backwards. Yeah. And like, no matter where you start in this film, whichever minute you start on, everything is wrong. <laughs> like, this isn't how, <laughs> this isn't how people behave. No. Please leave. <laughs> You're embarrassing everyone. <laughs> and then Michelle gets to do some awkward acting. Because she says, Lisa, oh. are you feeling okay? <laughs> Lisa, are you feeling okay? She puts her hand out to touch her forehead. Yeah. But for some she, reason, she pauses hesitates. before she gets there. Yeah, it's like it was a fly. And she went, oh, hang on. <clears throat> it's like smack the fly on the head. But I that. swear the pause is, because the, the angle also changes. And I swear the pause is in both of them. I don't know if they had two cameras running or if that was a somewhat, something that she was told to do. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm running it back and forth now. It's like, it's a, yeah, it's definitely a double hesitation. Yeah. It's also, it's a really good sync in the audio as well, which is good. Yeah. 
It's a good thinking, edit. It's just a weird act. Yeah, I don't know why she does it. And then <laughs> at least looks at her like, what the fuck did you just do? Like, she's <laughs> furious. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Michelle, because this is just getting worse and worse. Because this is just getting worse and worse. Which just sets up what, I mean, it's either a great line <laughs> or the greatest line in cinematic history. Steven says, I feel like I'm sitting on an atomic bomb waiting for it to go off. I feel like I'm sitting on an atomic bomb waiting for it to go off. I imagine him... I can't remember what that film is, a black and white film. Him riding down the atomic bomb. Oh, Dr. Strangelove. Yeah, yeah <laughs> waving his hat around. I'll edit Steven into that film. <laughs> I agree with this. It's fine. Uh, Mr. President, there are one or two points I'd like to make, if I may. Why are you doing this? Our hopes for recalling the 843rd bomb wing are quickly being reduced to a very low order of probability. I don't believe it. In less than 15 minutes from now, the Ruskies will be making radar contact with the plane. Do you understand what you're doing? When they do, they are going to go absolutely ape, and they're going to strike back with everything they got. How can you do this? If... You make me sick. Prior to this time, we have done nothing further to suppress their retaliatory capabilities. We will suffer virtual annihilation. I feel like I'm sitting on an atomic bomb waiting for it to go off. If, what? on the other hand... What are you talking about? We will to immediately launch an all-out and coordinated attack on all their airfields and missile bases, we'd stand a damn good chance of catching them with their pants down. I agree with that. And then you can just see the disdain in Robin Paris's face when she realizes again how bad a movie she took a part in when she says, <laughs> me too. Me too. Me <laughs> too. <laughs> yeah. <Aww>. Maybe <laughs> even better, she adds, there's no simple solution to this. There's no simple solution to this. There is. Yeah, break up with Johnny. <laughs> We've talked about many of them throughout this show. Lisa could say, hey, I don't love you, let's not get married. <laughs> or, I'm sleeping with your best friend, you know, it's easy. Yeah, it's almost like none of this had to happen. Yes! Like, <laughs> you know. Exactly. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. I think that's the most frustrating thing. Well, say, it's not the most, it's one of the most frustrating things is, this film is terrible, and mm-hmm. when you try, when you pick it apart for a critical sense, just like, these characters must be so stupid, or spineless, that they can't just be like, you know what, I'm just going to break up with him because I don't love him. Yeah. Sort it out. He'll be sad for a bit, but of course he will. And then we'll just move on. No. Nope. No. <laughs> Let's play football. Yeah. So. Early on, we're like, you know, the plot for this movie is kind of a generic plot you'd get in lots of movies. Mm. It's just done poorly. At this point, it's just, now they're just adding details to make it weird. Yeah. And diverting away from that even more. You know, Johnny was going to be a vampire, wasn't he? Or Tommy was going to be a vampire. At one point, that was a possibility, and there was also yeah. a flying car. Yeah. For some reason, the flying car I forgot about, but the vampire stuck with me. Yeah. But- I remember the flying car because we had a, a copy of the script that turned out to be pretty fake, hmm. but it had a great version of that car scene written into it. Oh, wow. It's got, like, in this shot outside of um, Lisa, there's, like, candles everywhere, mm-hmm. which seems weird for a birthday party, but if he's a vampire, it makes more sense. Yeah. I want to know when the vampire was dropped, or did he just keep trying to put it in? They're like, yeah, we'll put the vampire in, it's fine, just cut it out, cut it out, cut it out. I'm I'm not sure if it was ever written in, since, you know, there was never really a full script for the movie. <laughs> of course there wasn't. <laughs> no. I'll be sensible. There was some complete version that was very short that he showed to Greg at one point. Hmm. We know that. Yes. Uh, they, sh- they showed that in Disaster where he reads us something. But once they were making a movie, it was like three pages at a time. Oh, bloody hell. That's the best way to make a film. And he would invent new scenes on the fly. After they dismantled the rooftop set, he decided they wanted to film the Chris R scene up on the roof. So they had to rebuild the rooftop set. Mm, I do remember that, yeah. 
And he, he made the outside shot in the alleyway exactly the same as it was outside. Yeah. And it's just like, no, we could just film outside. Uh-huh. Please. <laughs> yeah, the brick wall where Burns and Sawyer used to be. Yep, it's that alley. I just, like, I'm surprised less people left. <laughs> like, oh. Well, behind the scenes, I mean, they lost two directors of photography. Hmm. They lost the guy who was supposed to play, well, Tommy got rid of the guy who was supposed to play Mark because hmm. he didn't like him. And because of that, they lost the person who was, was going to play Lisa. So then Juliet stepped in to be Lisa, and they got Robin Paris to play Michelle, and it was a whole thing. But they lost two actors plus Peter, but they knew that one. <laughs> two directors of photography, a few other behind-the-scenes people left. Several of the behind-the-scenes people were contracted because they owed money to Burns and Sawyer. Ah. And so they kind of came as a package deal with the cameras and all the stuff. God, imagine that. And so they just got stuck. I'd never want to owe money ever again to them. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) Thank you for teaching me. That's the the first director of photography. He was contracted for, I think it was 30 days. Hmm. And that last day of his, he's like, yeah, I'm gone tomorrow. I'm not sticking around. And he just left. I don't blame him. Like, If it was me as an actor there, I'd be... Every day waking up going, tomorrow I'm going to turn up to the set and no one's going to be there. <laughs> like, they're just going to go, no, it's not worth it. Maybe that was everyone's thought, but then they all kept just showing up to find out who <laughs> left and no one would. He must have been doing something to keep them there. Like, it's just bizarre. I'm not even sure they got paid well. I mean, they were getting paid. No matter what happened, they were getting paid. I guess a steady job in LA isn't easy to come by, maybe, but... Still, what an effort. Like, when so many of them, this is like their first or only movie. And so, yeah. I guess they were desperate. I mean, Claudette was the oldest one on set and she was just getting into acting Jesus. after her kids had grown up. And so she was eager to be there and having a good time. She drove up from Orange County every day. She wasn't too bad either. No, she's good. She's got poor material, but she's good. Yeah. <laughs> she also definitely has breast cancer. So, yes. I got the results of the test back. I definitely have breast cancer. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, there's there's still more dialogue. Oh, no. Lisa says, don't, don't worry. worry. You, you guys, guys worry entirely, entirely too much, much about me. me. Which I don't know this to be true. <laughs> yeah. uh, Michelle says, Lisa, Lisa we're, we're not, not worried, worried about, about you. you. Yeah, Michelle's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> we're worried, worried about, about Johnny. Johnny. Yeah. Idiot. You, you, you don't, don't understand, understand the psychological, psychological impact, impact of what you're, what you're doing, doing here. here. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting our friendship. There's a lot of talk. In this, especially this minute and the next minute, and the whole film in general, about friendship yeah. being yes. hurt and friendship groups. And yeah. something must have happened to Tommy he just doesn't talk about. We we know there was a woman mm. that there was a bad breakup. I'm guessing there was more around it with, like, friends that they had yeah. and other stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah, because the whole theme, in inverted commas, of this film is being loving your friends and yourself mm-hmm. and your partner. Right, and don't fuck that up, because it's going to mess with everybody. Yeah, which it does. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's like here in this minute, probably because it's isolated, it's really hammered home. Like, oh, it's friendship. Don't ruin that. And I was like, oh, there we go. He's actually projecting him what he wants on the screen, which is good. Yeah. But that's one good thing in, <laughs> like, in a whole lot of shit. Oh, no, I think the movie conveys the message that Tommy was trying to convey. Hmm. It does it poorly, but it conveys <laughs> it. It does it obviously. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you, I wanted you to paint my room, and you did. But you've painted it in shit. Yeah. Which is not what I wanted. So, whilst you've done the job... But it's really clear that it's painted, so... Yeah. It's fine. But it stinks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good metaphor. And I feel sick. <laughs> and now I'm leaving you. So, oh, god damn it. Again. And 
the minute ends with Lisa saying, I am I'm not, not responsible, responsible for, Johnny. for Johnny. Yes, I love that because she's not. That's why I wrote here, Yas Queen. Yeah, I'm, I'm through, through with that. that. I'm, I'm changing. changing. I have I the, the right, right, don't I? I? Hmm. People, People are, are changing, changing all the time. time. Oh, she was doing so well until that, that went that's generic. That's such a Wizzo line. People are changing yes. all the time. Like That was written for him. Uh-huh. And he's like, no, I can't put that in my own. I, I have, have to, to think, think about my future. I was with her for most of that line there, and then she just lost me. Yeah, I feel like she added in her own dialogue and then had to say what Tommy wrote, which was, people are changing all the time. Mm-hmm. That's such a Tommy line. That actually could have happened. She could have started saying the lines better, and then, like, Tommy glared at her or something, so she went back to the, <laughs> the written versions. Yeah. It's weird how you can tell, ah, oh, that's Tommy. That's his line. Mm-hmm. Like, keep your stupid comments in your pocket. Leave your stupid comments in your pocket. That's a Tommy line. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Like, Steven Spielberg didn't write that. That's up there with the atomic bomb line for making the running for greatest lines. Oh, so good. I feel like I'm sitting on an atomic bomb waiting for it to go off. Now, notes from a midnight screening. Notes from a midnight screening. Nothing. Nothing? Nothing happens this minute. Everyone just kind of settles in and is confused and this is towards i think they have feelings about their friendships and they're start they're getting inside their heads really i mm. think this is like the very very beginning bits of the final oh here we go moments mm-hmm. of the film well yeah if they'd edited it a little better well if there's a, this shot where we see tommy walking around san francisco mm. this last night but the way it's edited we go back to them setting up for the party again <laughs> but if you put it right before the party it's like this dread moment mm. You know, that would be a good point, except that's wrong. I was remembering it wrong here. The walk does happen right before the party. The misedit of the two preparation scenes doesn't go with that. And I wish the movie started with him dead. Oh, yeah. How so that we'd that? know this is the week he's going to die. It's, it needs like that American Beauty kind of voiceover mm. where like it's one week until he, he dies. Something I forgot to do in my edit of the film, and I almost want to do a whole other edit. That countdown would be great. Johnny dead, and it says Friday night. Cut to Monday. Oh, I wish. Tempted. And we know this is the night it happens. It's the night of the party. That or the 24. I need to put like on. I think I need to add to my edited version of the movie is like, because this is, I'll say this is like Friday night. Mm. And it's like the movie starts, it says like Monday, mm. Tuesday. So you know something's coming. Now, you, maybe you don't know what, but you know something's going to happen. Because otherwise, why would you tell us every day in the label and make it specific? I don't know. I got to figure out how to do that. Because I, I can't add scenes. I don't have the actors and I can't film things. I'm just working with what Tommy gave me illegally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that won't stop me from putting it on YouTube, though. Just saying. <laughs> I get copyright claims on all my videos. They still stay. I just don't make any money. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. As long as people can see this movie in some form, that's what Tommy wanted, surely. Yeah. He did. Yeah. It it, it was the greatest thing he ever did. <laughs> that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> you could have let that sink in before you said it's a shame. Well, I really couldn't. I was just like, God. I'll edit the pause so it's longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh dear. Yeah. It's not good, is it? <laughs> <laughs> just, just, I just sat for a second, thought about. It, I was like, oh, God, this film sucks. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> oh it, well. 
I've seen worse. Yes. We've talked about many worse movies on our Friday shows, and we'll get to <laughs> at least one on Friday. I don't remember if I've watched any more recently. Ooh. Yeah, sitting down to watch a bad film is such a difficult thing to do during the current time, because bad films are easy to watch with friends. But alone, it's just like, oh god, here I go. Oh, I, I should probably save this for Friday, but I'll say it briefly now, is that's what I did for a good part of lockdown. Ah, Yes. Is I watched a lot of horrible films and I found <laughs> some of the worst. <sighs> and I've mentioned them on this show and, and like things is ugh, mm. horrible. Shark Exorcist. Actually, I watched that last year, but I watched it again. Oh, wow. During lockdown and oh my God. Shark Exorcist. I mean, <sighs> shit. Like, what? <laughs> like, my head hurts just thinking about it. At least Shark Exorcist has a, a plot and you can tell what's happening. At least until the last 16 minutes. Then it's just useless pervert footage. So was the shark being exercised? or It needed to be, yes. The shark was a demon shark that was oh. summoned by a crazy nun to make women writhe around on the ground. Ah, oh, of course. It's a weird film because, well, here's the thing is, there's no nudity in the film, but mm. it feels dirtier than if there were. Ah. Uh. It's that kind of thing. Like, the director had a fetish for women writhing around on the ground and sometimes vomiting. Oh, yes. And you can yeah. tell by the way he shoots it. Yeah. There's a shot in episode we just reviewed, which is recorded for Friends on sitcom, <laughs> where it's just Julia Roberts is guest starring. Yeah. She's barefoot in the shot. And the camera's like zooming in on her feet. And it's like, oh, there we go. There's Wiki Feet exploding. Did Tarantino direct the episode? <laughs> <laughs> I think he did. Uh, we made a joke that Wiki Feet was born this day. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Speaking of Sitcant, where can the listeners hear more from you? Yes, I host a comedy podcast with Ollie Ryder and Annie Bashforth called Sitcant, where we review sitcoms episode by episode. And we are available on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, and Apple Podcasts. And you can like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So it's not wrong when people make fun of the project, in this case, the room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening. And remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Leave us!